my entire life. He's always been there when I needed him. He was there whenever I felt like I didn't need him, but I know that I always did now. Uh, I was going to preach a totally different message this morning. In fact, I've switched to the Sunday night message uh, that I had prepared for tonight. But I just felt like the Lord was leading, and I think that last song definitely helped. The title of the message for this morning is, God is so good. God is so good. I want to take this time to honor God and to specifically spell out great things that He's done for my life and He's done for our lives. Before I start, I want to read this song that we used to sing at Crown in the choir. It's a little, it's close to one of the ones that we do here, but I want to read it for you. His robes for mine, O wonderful exchange. Clothed in my sin, Christ suffered neath God's rage. Draped in His righteousness, I'm justified. In Christ I live, for in my place He died. I cling to Christ and marvel at the cost that Jesus was forsaken. God estranged from God. Bought by such love, my life is not my own. My praise, my all shall be for Christ alone. His robes for mine, what cause have I for dread? God's daunting law, Christ mastered in my stead. Faultless I stand with righteous works, not mine. Saved by my Lord's vicarious death and life. His robes for mine, God's justice is appeased. Jesus is crushed and thus the Father is pleased. Christ drank God's wrath on sin, then cried, it's done. Sin's wage is paid, propitiation has been won. His robes for mine, such anguish none can know. Christ, God's beloved, condemned as though his foe. He, as though I, accursed and left alone. But I, as though he, embraced and welcomed home. Thank God that he exchanged our sinful rags for his righteous robes. Thank God that he sacrificed on the cross so that we would be good enough to be with him for all of eternity. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to leave heaven. He didn't have to suffer. He didn't have to come to earth where he saw such horrible things happen. But he did all that to find us. He did all that to show us how good he is. To show us how good he is. The first thing I want to talk about, this will be a little bit closer to a testimony, so to say, than, than a regular message. But the first thing that happens to all of us, well, should happen to all of us, where God's goodness is really shown in a great and mighty way, should be our salvation. To be, should be our salvation. My salvation was in a little church that I grew up in. It was called Christian Fellowship. Uh, our preacher was out. I don't really know why he was gone uh, at that time. But he decided to go ahead and have a guest preacher speak. Uh, his name was Tommy Pinkerton. And uh, the preacher had described him, I think, the week before. And he had described him like this. He said that he was a comedian preacher. And I thought, you know, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You know, a comedian preacher. How am I going to learn anything from this guy? And then he began to speak. And he did start with a couple of jokes and, and a couple of comments here and there. But then he got into his message. And he preached a message about hell in a way that I'd never heard before. I'd heard about hell. In fact, I could probably lead somebody to the Lord at that point in my life even before I was saved because I knew how to get there. I knew what Christ had done for me, his death, burial, and resurrection. But it was never made real to me that I needed it. 
See, I grew up in church. I grew up with a close connection with my pastor and all the spiritual leaders in my life, and I never understood why I needed Christ. But then he began to speak about how hell is and who goes there and how anyone is condemned already if they haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happened to me, I got so convicted, I didn't wait for the altar call. I don't even know if he had an altar call that night. Uh, I knelt down at my chair and begged God to save me. I don't even know if mom knew what was going on. But I was knelt down underneath my chair begging God to save me. To save me from my sins. To save me from that place called hell. To save me from that horrible place that that preacher was just preaching about. Do you know why God is so good? John 3.16 tells us why God is so good. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, God so loved us, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is good because He paid for salvation for all who will believe it. There's nothing that you and I have to do to earn it. You and I don't have to do good works. We don't have to do these things that the world say is good to get our salvation. All we have to do is believe. And that's because Christ loved us enough to not only offer us salvation, but to pay it for us. To pay it for us. Not only that, God is good because when we did not deserve it, He loved us anyway. The Bible says that before we were saved, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Not only that, but we were enemies, enemies with God Himself. But rather than fight us and, and take us out, He decided to love us enough that even though we were enemies, even though we were on the wrong side, He loved us anyway. He loved us enough to send His Son for people that hated Him. He loved us enough to send His Son for people that did not deserve Him or His Son. God is good because when you and I were enemies, He fought for our freedom. And God is good because He paved the way with His nail-scarred hands to get us to God. He suffered it all for us. He suffered it all for you and for me. I have a song that I was going to sing tonight, but I want to go ahead and sing it now. It's when I survey the wondrous cross. When I survey the wondrous cross On which the Prince of Glory died My richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most I sacrifice them to His blood. See from His head, His hands, His feet, Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? 
O'er thorns compose so rich a crown. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Thank God for the wondrous cross of Jesus Christ. When we didn't deserve it, He paid it all. When He didn't have to come down, He came down and suffered it all in our stead. He exchanged those robes. His righteousness was put on us and our sin was put upon Him. And thank God that He did that. Not only does God save us all, but God has given us all a call to serve Him with our lives. I'll give you a little bit of a story from my personal call, my call to preach. Right before I decided to go to school here and started going to church here, I had some difficult things happen in my life. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it before. But they were very difficult. And I got to the point to where I told God, there's no way I would serve you. Why would I serve a God that just takes everything away from me? Why would I serve a God that it just seems like anytime I try to do anything for Him, He just takes and takes and takes and takes and never gives me anything? And of course, that was narrow-minded of me at the time, but I was about 9 or 10 years old at the time. But I was so angry at God. And then the youth pastor at the time, Adam Hensley, if any of you remember him, he invited me to come to Christian camp. And I'd never done anything like that before. Um, I don't even think Mom had let me stay uh, outside of the house at that point in my life before that. But he decided to invite me to camp. And I told him, I said, no, my mom's not going to let me do it. There's no way. She's never let me stay outside of the house before. It's not going to happen. And he told me to go ahead and ask anyway. So I did. And I went to mom and I said, hey, I said, you know, this goofy preacher thinks that uh, you're going to let me go to camp. How ridiculous is that? She said, well, you can go. You can go ahead and go. And I thought to myself, I said, that's weird. You know? And then the next day I went to school and he asked me how it went. And I was just so mad at God. I didn't want to be there. And I told him, I lied to him. And I said, my mom told me I couldn't go. You know, my mom said that I couldn't go. I, I figured that would probably be the case. And it's, it's just not going to happen. And you know, I could tell he was disappointed, but, you know, that's, that's what I told him. So a couple days go by. They were preparing to go to the camp, and it was the night before we were supposed to leave. And we were, me and my mom were in a car ride to go pick up my niece and nephew from a daycare not far from where we lived. And I just felt so convicted. I felt so horrible I, that I had lied to him about this. And I asked my mom, I said, hey, I need your phone. Do you have you know, Adam Hensley's number? I need to call him. I need to talk to him. So she gave me her phone, and I called him. And I said, hey, Pastor Adam, I said, I feel so bad. I said, you remember when you asked me to come to camp? He said, yeah. And I said, I, said, I just feel horrible. I lied to you about it. I said, I, I told you that my mom said I couldn't go. I told you that, you know, that she had said that, that it wasn't going to happen, and, and that wasn't true. She said I could go. And, uh, you know, he, he said that... You know, he, I apologized, and he told me that it was okay. And, and I asked him, I said, you know, I know it's the night before you're supposed to go. I think we left literally that morning, a couple hours later. And um, I asked him, I said, is there another spot? And actually one of the people that were going there at the time had bowed out, had decided they couldn't go for some reason. And he told me that there was one spot left. So I 
told him I would go. So then I packed up, and then the next morning we left. And you know, when I got there, I thought, "What in the world? This is this is crazy. Uh, this is totally crazy." Uh, but the night before that, the night before we had left, so in between when I had made the phone call and when we had left for camp, I was sleeping, and I had this dream. And I had this dream that I was out on some campground I'd never been before, and there was these little green hills just dotted all over the place. We walked past the green hills, and there was this little white church, uh, just kind of like how you'd imagine any kind of wooden white church out in the country. And we walked inside of it, and I went, and there was two rows of pews in there. And then on the far left side of the church, there was a plaque that had a golden tree on it, but it had black nameplates on it. And I thought, you know, what in the world? What is this? What does this have to do with anything? You know, I've never been here before. I've never had a dream like this before. This is strange. So I woke up, and then, you know, we got to the camp, and I was still mad at God. The only reason I was there because I felt so bad. And I decided, you know, I was just going just gonna to ride it out. I was going to be with my couple of friends and just hang out with the youth group. So that night we went to our first church service. And we decided to walk over these little green hills into a little white church building that was made of wood, just kind of how you'd imagine any church out in the country would be. Then we walked in. There was two rows of pews. And then I walked over to the front, and I saw a plaque with a golden tree and some black nameplates on it. And I thought to myself, I think I told Brandon Miller at the time who was with me, I said, this is the weirdest thing. I just had a dream about this place. And God used that to wake me up. I was so mad at God that I was ignoring all these things, and I had ignored all these things that he had tried to tell me for the past couple years, but that had woken me up. And through that camp experience, I think it was when we had the, the swag saved, uh, saved with Amazing Grace, uh, Nikki and Caleb, I think if you all remember that, uh, the last night of that camp, they decided to go ahead and have all the guys go out and pray. And I'd never done anything like that before. I looked over at Brandon and I said, you know, should we do that? Is that something that we're supposed to do? And, and he, said, he said, yeah, he said, we can go ahead and do it if you want to. So I went over there and I prayed outside. And the Lord had been working in my heart through that point on. It, it was just the whole week was hitting me and hitting me and hitting me. And then that last night when we were praying before the service, the Lord spoke to me. And it was like, it was almost like an audible voice, to be honest with you. And he said to me, this is what you want to do. You want to serve me. You want to be a part of this. I know you told me that you hated me and you didn't want anything to do with me and you'd never serve me, but now I'm calling you to serve me. Now I'm calling you to do what I've called you to do. Later that night, I don't remember what Adam was preaching on or Dave or whoever. I don't even know who was preaching because I was so flustered about it. But later that night, we went to a campfire, and on the way over there, I told Miss Miller that I had accepted my call to preach, and she told me she wasn't surprised. God had turned a little kid that was so bitter, so angry at him, somebody that didn't know anything, somebody that uh, had some background in church growing up but didn't know much, into a preacher into somebody that would serve him. Somebody that had said just, a, just two years before would never serve him. And then I started serving him and preaching. And, and I think they ended up having me sing at church the next day whenever we got back from camp. The Lord had changed me so much. And I want you to know that it's not just preachers that are called by the Lord. It's not just singers that are called by the Lord. It's not just people that get up in front of people that are called by the Lord to do things. All of us 
have a call from God. All of us have a call from God. 1 Corinthians 1.9. 1 Corinthians 1.9. The first thing that we should know as Christians past our salvation, the thing that shows us how good God is, is that He doesn't just leave us saved. He doesn't just give us a ticket out of hell and then let us live our own life. He calls us to have meaning and purpose with our life. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The first thing that all of us are called to after salvation is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank God that we have a God that not only loved us enough to save us, but He loved us enough to say, I want a relationship with you. Thank God that God is not a clockmaker God that just set everything in motion and left it alone. God is a God that every single day, every single moment, He's with you. And He wants you to live the life that He's called you to, not so that you can be upset about it, not so that you can be bitter about it or feel guilty about it, but so that you can have a better relationship with Him and a better life. Not only does it say that we're called to do that, but in 2 Timothy 1.9, 2 Timothy 1.9, it tells us of our call again. He's talking about Jesus here. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You know what's beautiful about God, why God is so good, is because He had it all planned out from the beginning. He doesn't just have you on some crash course, and then right before you hit, He turns you a different direction. God has a plan for you. He has you set on those tracks. And yeah, there are times when we feel like we need to get off. There are times when we feel like the ride is a little too strenuous in this life. But God knows we can handle it. When God throws things in your life, God is so good that when He throws things in your life that you can't handle, He's right there with you. And when He throws things that you can handle and you don't feel like you can, He'll give you the peace and grace to continue to go through it. And then in John 10.10, John 10.10, not only are we called with a holy calling, not only are we called to have fellowship with God, but Jesus tells us this about himself, the last phrase. He says, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Thank God that Christ didn't just give us a ticket out of hell, but he gave us life and life more abundantly. God is good not just because of what He's done for our future, but because of what He does for us right now. He's good because He loves us, and He's good because He loves us right now. Just like Jonah, God gives second chances, and He's good because He gives second chances. I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like if God had never given me a second chance at 10 years old when I told Him that I'd hate Him and never serve Him before. I couldn't imagine what that's like. And I'm sure all of us have had moments in, that, in our life where we've done things that we regret. We've done things that we feel like, why would God even help us anymore? Why would God even touch us anymore? Well, it's because He's so good. He's so good that even though you mess up and He has never messed up, He'll give you grace that you don't deserve. He gives you mercy that you don't deserve. He's good because He's a God that gives second chances. He's good because God has given us all a holy calling. He's good because God has called us all to have a relationship with Him. God is good because He gives us all a life worth living. Life without Jesus Christ 
is hollow, is empty. All of us from the beginning of our birth until the moment we got saved were empty. We had that death in us, that sin in us, that emptiness, that connection with God that was totally severed. And when Jesus Christ saved us, He filled us back up. He gave us meaning, not just for eternity, but for right now. I don't know how many times people have told me in my life, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with my life? How am I supposed to live my life? I know that, that heaven's coming. I know that Christ is coming. But what am I supposed to do right now? Well, you're supposed to have a relationship with God. You're supposed to tell others about Jesus Christ. You're supposed to live a life that's more abundant because of Jesus Christ. You're supposed to live by that holy calling. You're supposed to spend your time building that relationship with God above all other things in your life. And the thing is, is the world will tell you how weak you are to lean on a God. But they don't realize how weak they are without a God. You know, they say that we have a crutch, that God is our crutch. Well, they're just as crippled as we are and they don't have a crutch. They need Jesus Christ. They might not see it yet, but they need Jesus Christ. And I hope that all of us have seen that in our own lives. Not only does God give us salvation and He gives us a call to serve Him, but He's good even when there's doubts in my life. Even when there's doubts in my life. So I just told you about the time I got my call to preach. Well, right after that, literally the next day, we were riding on the bus back to the church. And I thought to myself, this is the craziest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I have already said that I'm called to preach in front of all these groups of people. I did feel like it at the time, but now I'm really doubting it. And now I'm totally afraid that they're going to ask me to do something in front of the church, and I've never done anything before them before. And they did. So I was sitting on the bus. I don't, I don't think anybody was, was sitting beside me at the time. And I was, I was petrified. I, I couldn't talk to anybody. I, I just felt like I was so scared of what was about to happen. And I asked the Lord, I said, I need you to give me a sign. I said, I'm just this little kid. You know, I was 11 at the time. I said, I'm just this little kid. Nobody's going to listen to me. I'm not related to anybody at the church. They probably don't even know, you know who I am or anything like that. They probably don't care nothing about me. Uh, I need something. Give me a sign. Well... I looked over at the window, and we had decided to go ahead and have some Bible verses written on the windows. You know, things like John 3.16, probably John 10.10, 10, you know, things that you would see uh, on windows for kids. Well, on the one that was right beside of me, it didn't have a verse on it. It just said Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Gary, if you can go ahead and go to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. I'd never read Jeremiah chapter 1 before. I, had, I, I was very confused on why there was no verse on it, and I had never read this passage before, and I did not understand what was going on. So I saw that, and I said, all right, Lord, I'll open it up. You know, I had time. I think I had to look in the concordance at the time just to find it, and I found Jeremiah chapter 1. So just to recap, right before I read this, I told the Lord, there's no way that you're calling me to preach. I'm just some kid, some random kid that has no connection with any of these people or the church or really hasn't had a good relationship with you in years. And then I read this. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Go ahead. Keep, yeah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. 
So I read that, and I said, well, Lord, I guess that's my call to preach. I said, okay, that's what you want me to do, but there's no way I could do it. Nobody's going to listen to me. I'm a kid. I'm, I'm just this small child. Nobody's going to understand. Go ahead and go to verse 6. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. At this point, I knew I had been had. Okay, go ahead in verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Let's keep going to verse 9. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Just so you know, before I got my call to preach, I never did anything in front of anybody. And I was too terrified to do anything like what I'm doing right now. Then the Bible said in verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Well, as you can see, I'm still preaching. I'm still trying to speak what the Lord has given me to say, even though I had doubts. It's natural to have doubts. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have those moments where you ask the Lord, can you please show me something? Can you please give me something so that I know I'm on the right path? And I know in my short time, uh, Ben Lancaster has one that's always been on my mind. I'm not going to bring it up. That's his story. But I, know it, I think he knows exactly the one I'm thinking of. But I would say that all of us have had times in our life where we doubted God. We had times in our life where we doubted what God has called us to do. There have been times in our life where we felt like God was really pushing us one direction. But for one reason or another, we had too many doubts and we backed away from it. He gave us a calling. He gave us part of that holy calling. But then we backed away because we were too afraid, because we were too young, because we didn't feel like anyone would listen to us, because we felt like we were a child about to speak some things for God. God knows who you are. He's always known who you are. He knows what you're capable of. And even those things that you're not capable of, He will be there with you. He will always be there with you. Do you know why God is so good? Because God uses unworthy people like me. Because God uses unworthy people like all of us. Because God uses broken people. People that would even say things like, I would never serve you in my entire life. God is so good because God uses people that struggle with doubts. God is so good because He uses people. He is not afraid to show Himself when people ask. God is so good because God gives peace in the midst of all the storms of life. God is so good because He gives wisdom to people that know nothing, just like me. God is so good because God gives joy where there should not be any. God is so good because He turns broken vessels into vessels of honor. He turns things that should have been just left out in the field, left out in the cold, He turns them into something He can use, and He uses greatly. God is good because God turns sinners, enemies, traitors against Him into saints, holy children of God Himself. God is so good because God turned us into His beloved 
church. I couldn't imagine what my life would be without the church. I couldn't imagine what my life would be without God putting together people that love and serve Him. Thank God that He did that for us. God is good because I love Him and He first loved me. We had some testimonies this morning. We had some songs. I read you a song, sang you a song, and just gave you a sermon, a testimony of how good God is. I hope you would say within yourself that all those reasons why God is good that I've mentioned are true in your life. I'd hope that we can thank God for our salvation and everything that's come with it. I hope that we can thank God for the life that He's given us, even if there are hard times. I hope that we can thank God for the call that He's given us, even when it's difficult from time to time. And I hope that we can thank God for the future that He's given us. That great day when we see Jesus face to face, when we see the nail-scarred hands up in heaven and knowing that those were pierced for you and me. There's one more thing I want to do. I'll pray. Gary, do you have it ready to go? Okay. I'm going to pray, and then I want to introduce to you this just little short song that we had done at Crown. Father, I thank you so much for how good you are. I thank you that you gave us your righteous robes and took our sinful rags. I thank you that you exchanged everything dirty and nasty about us and poured your goodness, your righteousness, your holiness, your spirit into us. I thank you for salvation that we never deserve, but you still paid for in full for us. Lord, I thank you for this life, even with the hard times, even with the difficult times, because without them I wouldn't understand how truly good you are. Lord, I thank you so much for who you are, what you've done, and how you have touched all of our lives. Lord, I pray that this testimony, that this sermon will help us all to remember why God is so good. And thank you so much for being as good as you are. Amen. This is a short little song that I learned at Crown. I even taught it to my nephew, I think, on a car ride here one day. But it goes something like this. <clears throat> I love him. I love him because he first loved me and purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. I love him, I love him because he first loved me and purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. Y'all think you can sing it with me? All right. I love him. I love him. Because he first loved me and purchased my salvation. On
Because he first loved me and purchased my salvation.